Welcome to the Coffee in the Barn. I'm Casey Bradley, president and founder of the Sunswine Group. If you are thinking about entering, changing, advancing, or reinventing your career in the animal science industry, we are here to help you succeed. In each episode, we will cover a variety of topics surrounding work, life, and professional development, leveraging my 20 plus years as a global leader within the livestock industry and my ever-growing professional network to interview other leading professionals. We couldn't do this without our sponsors, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. Reach out to us on our social media platforms or visit thesunswinegroup.com and subscribe now not to miss another episode. Hey guys, it's Marissa Larose, your host for today's episode of Coffee in the Barn. Have you ever considered how gaining experience or how the experience you already have can benefit your career? Today, technical service veterinarians Dr. David Nolan and Dr. Sarah Huff share with us how having on-the-farm experience can accelerate your career. The segment for today's episode is taken from one of our recorded webinars, How Important is On-the-Farm Experience and the Role of Veterinarians, which you can find on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. One of the topics of I kind of wanted to touch base with because I knew both of you had a lot of on-farm experience and you've transitioned into more technical roles. So depending on what level of student we have here, we could have some undergraduate. I liked the comment, David, that you made. Let me show you how I can do that. I probably have more experience than you do because that's a memory I had from my undergraduate when the uh, vet professors came out from vet school onto the farm and realized maybe that's not the right approach I wanted to take and and maybe they don't understand animals as, as much as I thought they did. In a production animal role, you can sit in an office, right, and look at numbers and try to evaluate performance and make up these um, elaborate protocols for anything, but, you know, vaccination protocols or whatever. And then but you got to go on the farm and, and see how applicable that really is. You know, there's only so many hours a day, you know, labor in the ag industry is really tight, you know, and, and do people understand the why of what they're doing? And so I think going on farms, touching, feeling, seeing what others are seeing and kind of experiencing what's doable, what you can or can't actually implement on the farm, I think is really critical in my previous role and in addition to the role I'm in now having that farm connection and knowing you know things that go on day to day week to week the expectations has proven to to be really helpful in in a technical service position because you've been there to where where your clients have been and you can help them sort through situations yeah I would add to Dr. Huff's comments I totally agree kind of the takeaway I have in working with producers. And, and again, that's really what drew me to each of my jobs. I love working with the people who actually work with the pigs. And because I guess I see there's maybe some, well, I can't think of the right word, but there, there's, there's a little bit of a deja vu in there because, you know, I used to be, you know, I was the person that was, that was doing the pigs. I actually, you know, working with them every day, processing, castrating, et cetera. I, you know, I'd, I'd love that work. And, you know, it doesn't matter what type of role you, you move into, there's never a job that's quote unquote beneath you. There's never an insignificant job, whether it's guy doing the power washing or that's where the rubber hits the road. That's the 
where things happen. And the fact that I had the opportunity to do that, it's just really helped me, I think, in my entire career, and no matter what role I'm in, even when I was talking about being a business analyst, you know, so I sitting, spent most of my time in an office, but yet relating back to the person actually doing the work, what is possible, what isn't possible, what, what are some of the, the hangups, what are some of the irritations? We had a, we had a, a farm and we, all the employees, all, they were cargo employees on the farm and all the employees were required to do a, to take a survey. And the pig farm, the employee, the, the working conditions scored extremely low. And a lot of the managers uh, sitting around the table said, well, of course it did. It's a pig farm. It's like, no, that's not the right attitude. You got to, you know, we went to the farm and we asked the employees, you know, what could improve the working conditions? And it ended up being something so simple. The, the lighting in the barns was dim and they felt like they were in a cave all day long. And we went in and put in new lights and, and the difference it made and just how the employees felt about coming to work and doing their job made a huge difference. Uh, I mentioned another system I, I work with, on a, you know, as a technical service veterinarian, I work with the, the Carthage system, group of uh, veterinarians out of Illinois. And I know um, as part of their training program for a lot of the new veterinarians they're bringing on, they're actually having those veterinarians, first year out of veterinary school, work in a, spend their entire first year working in farms, doing everything that the farm employees do, because they see the value in that as far as just being able to, to develop new talent. And you always, you always rely back, you always, you always think back to when you used to do that job and what things went well and what the irritations were. No, resoundingly, I would have to agree <laughs> on all that. As I tell people, I Doctor, think I would love to go back to power washing some days versus the job we do. So, <laughs> Doctor Nolan, we we've got one question. When you're looking for a position on a farm to get experience, would you recommend a large facility or a small facility? I would recommend a facility. Period. I, I, I really <laughs> it didn't really matter. Okay. Obviously, I've worked on both, and there's unique differences to both, but the processes are the same. You power wash on both facilities. You process pigs on both facilities. The small facility might have some advantages in that you get a, a broader exposure, uh, meaning to, to all different departments and all, all, all you know the entire process. And, and that's one thing I, I love to be able to do. It's just kind of my personality. I want to understand how how what I do affects others and so, or how what one role does affects others. Oftentimes we call them unintended consequences. You know, I want this job, you know, this role to do this to improve productivity. Well, it might improve productivity in their section, but not improve it for other individuals or the next link in the chain. If you have limited time or the small facility, if you are doing it for experience and you can convince your manager to move you around, the large facility would be just fine as well. And Sarah, since you were a um, production veterinarian for a good eight years, can you tell us a bit more about the transition you had now that you're doing technical services for DSM? Like, how's that been for you? My day-to-day is definitely a lot different. It was a lot of you know, I try to make plans and, and work through, you know, big system 
situations, but there was also some firefighting day to day, sick pigs here, situation here. And I missed that quite a bit, but now I'm more in control of my schedule. And um, I do get the phone calls from other veterinarians, you know, requesting assistance with X, Y, Z, but I guess I don't, I'm not directly responsible for that situation. So it's a little different. It's more of a long-term strategy and working with some clients versus some of those short-term instant gratification moments that maybe I received uh, being a production veterinarian. And I've, like I mentioned, I have a lot to learn. Uh, and I still did, of course, still do. I mean, it's continual, you know, education throughout your career in veterinary medicine. But with this role, trying to learn the lingo and talk to some of our clients and nutritionists about things that they're seeing, it's definitely been a steep learning curve. So I was kind of hopeful at a year in, I'd feel a little more comfortable <laughs> with some of these conversations. It, it's definitely taken longer than that. So just kind of a different day-to-day and different perspective than I had before. How are you managing with the work-life balance? How are you transitioning with that, like with continuing education and then the change of pace in what you do? Great question. So, and Dr. Nolan talked about work-life balance and and definitely having children, you know, change my perspective completely on that. And, and, and taking this role did allow us to move into a different school district, which when I initially looked for a house, when I started my career, you know, my job, uh, my initial job, um, school district, I, I didn't care. I wanted a house that was close to work. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wanted certain things, but schools really weren't on, on the radar. Uh, but now, you know, that's something we talk about on a daily basis definitely allowed me to move into a different area that supports um, my kindergartner this year, although virtually, which has not been (laughs) ideal. It has allowed me to be more available when I'm home and I'm able to assist and and run the kids here and there wherever. But, you know, it does come with travel. It's a trade-off. I I definitely traveled in my previous position and it was more of a directed, we need you here, we need you to do this. In this role, it's two times to arrive or, so yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely very different. Right now I'm taking courses and so I'm studying and doing stuff while I'm trying to help him with his online score. Like you mentioned, COVID kind of ruined all of my plans <laughs> and how this would really play out. <laughs> working from home is not working from home alone and definitely having to prioritize things throughout the day, the week, the month to make sure that I stay on task, he stays on task. <laughs> We're all kind of doing what we need to be doing. But so it's been a challenge in that regard, but so far so good. So let's talk about veterinarians. We didn't touch on this with farm experience. Obviously, we have two different farm experiences, and Dr. Nolan probably had a little bit more background like I did. So I chose Dr. Nolan because I worked with him when he was at Cargill. So we, the University of Arkansas and Cargill had that experience that we worked together, so I got to meet Dr. Nolan. Really got to understand the cargo pork system at the time. Now JBS owns that. And then I picked Dr. Huff for that episode because I worked with her at DSM and she came from the prestige system. And the reason why she took a different role was more of a, a, she has similar um, family commitments and needs that, you know, our sons have challenges early on and she needed more time with her family and, and chose a different role for that to be able to move to a better school district, things like that. But let me talk about working with veterinarians because there's this misnomer out there that nutritionists and veterinarians don't get along. And I'm going to tell you that may be the case for some people, but it didn't matter at any point in my career 
My relationship with the veterinarian was very strong. I had one of the best veterinarians ever that I've worked with, Dr. Lynette Holman at Kalmbach, for instance. Right? She's a phenomenal veterinarian. And it's so important if you get the production staff, you get the veterinarian, and then you're the nutritionist or the geneticist. Wow, the walls come down, the egos go away, and it's like we're all working for a common goal. And I love David when he said, what size farm should you get a job on? Obviously, Casey worked in a little bitty production, show pigs. And then she went to 8,000 sows, right? That's what I did. And then I went back to university, really intensive research. And I agree with him. Just work on a farm. Go get that job. Take the pay cut. Get that experience. Worst case scenario, you end up as a production manager making just as much money as you would as a nutritionist at a feed company because the problems you face today, nutrition isn't the only thing that's going to solve it or changing genetic lines isn't going to solve all of our problems or selling the right feeder or putting a sensor or a camera in the barn is not going to solve these problems we're having. But until you truly know what it's like to drag out 20 dead sows in a day, do you truly know what it's like to have a short staff and your employees, you know, when you're working, you need four people and you got one or two, until you really know what it's like to be in those shoes, you can't make or can't give, not make, but good advice like help them make good decisions because it sounds great when we go to school and all these grand ideas. And then all of a sudden it's not And Dr. Nolan and Dr. Huff came from it as a veterinarian. I'm coming from it as a nutrition. I get really tired of the academics and the amino acid companies and different people not to pick on them, but talking about precision nutrition. And I just have to laugh because there's nothing precise about what we do. Because the first thing a PhD student wants to do when they come out and formulate diets is formulate to the thousands, right? Decimal point, three decimal points. Well, you ever consider that my mill can only add five pounds of that ingredient? You don't know that until you have experience. And we talk about precision, and that's what we're trained on when we go through our education process. And you have to realize the world's not precise. And how do you function in there? And how do you still get results? Kind of what's your thoughts and takeaways from veterinarians and the conversation between Dr. Nolan and Dr. Huff? I think it's really apparent with the veterinarians or other colleagues I've worked with or other people in the nutrition world, it's really evident when you have that on the farm experience. I think you gain a level of respect from some people that other people don't get that same respect. If you can't talk the language, if you can't relate back to the production system and how things work in the barn and you don't know how to apply something as like an on the farm application, you suggest something that's kind of off the wall and never realistically would work in in a barn like having that having that base knowledge of on the farm day to day has really gained me a lot of respect in my educational career so far Um, and I definitely think that will benefit me in my future career 
there's anything I'm going li- to leave the group with, this is supposed to be funny, so please laugh at this, audience. So, the biggest thing I had getting over people who didn't know anything about swine production when I would talk about a commercial system, I said, the gestation snake. And they're like, what's the gestation snake? Well, that's the flow of your sows by breed group and week. And the key thing is, I said, just keep in mind, it's like a snake. You can call it accordion, whatever you want. But the tail, the head always has to bite the tail. And so, if you can keep that in mind, that is something funny when you think of a terminology, but you wouldn't know what I was talking about with a gestation snake. If I said that, you might think there's a snake in the gestation barn. And so that's just a cute thing, analogy that I, that I learned working in the barns. My head always had to bite the tail of my snake and make sure I kept my groups flowing right. I mean, I've even worked in barns and gestation barns and that analogy probably would have helped me a lot because you get lost in the flow of the pigs in the gestation barn, or at least I did in my experience. <laughs> but we can take it to other species. We're talking about pigs here. Um, but, you know, working with show dogs, for instance, and understanding what I wanted to do in my career, working with a show dog, a purebred dog, versus what I have in my house. I have mutts. Uh, we adopt strays and, and things like that. You have different nutritional requirements. You have different disease, genetic disorders that come with purebred dogs. I got that experience of understanding that realm of high-end dog food, high-end dogs, right? What people will pay for it. How I treat them differently than a shelter dog, for instance. Let's take cattle. I got some great experiences running trials at AB Vista and Ruminants, believe it or not. I did some ruminant nutrition work in my undergrad. And I, my main job was to do a whole bunch of grinding on poop grass and rumen samples, and then do bottom colometry. So those are my main jobs. We had to sample rumens once, and I did some power washing. And I'm like, if this is what life is in the ruminant nutritional world, that's not with me. But what's so funny is I go run this heifer trial, right? Oh, my gosh. I'm like going, I love these heifers. They're just like big dogs. <laughs> and they're just like my sows. They have personalities, and they're fun. And I'm going... If I would have had the experience working on a heifer trial in my undergrad, I guarantee you I wouldn't be a pig nutritionist today I or a calf, right? Working on a calf trial and, and those types of studies and those types of animals or that form of experience. I would have probably been a ruminant nutritionist doing heifer development work because obviously they're with my sows. Then again, at Comeback, my other animal experience that I talked about, you know, I got to do broiler and layer research. They didn't have a poultry nutritionist when I started. And they were like, get this started for me, Casey. Oh, wow. Like, I learned so much about the layer industry and open housing. And I had a little, I had some exposure to birds in my undergrad. But I guarantee you, my dad, who always just had pretty much pigs on this farm, for it's been over 10 years now since I've worked there and he still has layers on his farm and I got my dad into only layers and my mom and dad both love the chickens and I would say I do miss them I I don't have chickens here because of Tyson being in Springdale and our laws and my role I don't want to be that person that brings avian influenza into the community so we we don't have chickens but 
I really found some of those experiences I had throughout my career with different animals was there's a lot to learn from the, the dairy world. There's a lot to learn from the layer world and into the soured world. We don't talk across those silos a lot. And there's so much things that happen in each industry that I gain valuable insights through those different experiences saying, yes, I'll do it. I'll do it. I don't have time, but yes, yes, please give me the experience. And it's changed my career and my understanding and my way of thinking, even in my area of expertise with pigs. What is your thoughts in the future on different experiences? So obviously there's kind of a, a couple series here on experiences. This one we're talking about farm experience, but I'm saying just because you're going to school to be a swine nutritionist or a ruminant nutritionist, speak up, go help your fellow graduate students on their trials so you can learn about what they're doing because you may find a new passion or you may say, oh, wow, we need to do that in pigs or we need to do that in cattle and, and things like that. So, we took it from a vet standpoint. I'm flipping it, and we're talking about the nutrition standpoint here. Yeah, so I've had a little bit of exposure to other species. My grandpa raises seed stock cattle, um, and growing up every summer, we'd go spend a few weeks with my grandparents, getting that experience. Um, my grandpa always says, I never thought you'd be a pig farmer, Marissa. Um, he's kind of disappointed in the fact I didn't pursue the cattle route and decided to go with pigs, but having that experience and just kind of understanding how the cattle industry works just a little bit, I think can translate over to my career in swine nutrition. Um, my grandpa always complains about how uh, veterinarians don't know everything about nutrition um, <laughs> as he tries to ask his veterinarian nutrition questions and then asks me his nutrition questions for his cattle when I am a monogastric nutritionist. However, I it was a good learning experience for me to try to uh, take the knowledge that I have of swine nutrition, applicate some of the knowledge that I've learned in classes and like protein and energy and try to help him solve some of the issues he was having. And I think it was a, a great um, way to kind of relate my training, some of my experiences on the farm and bring it all together um, to try to problem solve. Well, you know, pigs are just backwards cows. Um, and I think it's funny, Dr. Terry Ward wrote a paper when they first started the Feet First program, uh, because Zinpro did a lot of lameness work in cows, and then obviously my PhD work was a start of their work in sows, and he wrote a paper titled, If um, Cows Were Sows, or something like that, I may get it wrong, so Dr. Ward, I apologize, but that title and his reference and how he wrote that paper really resonated to say from that on that farm experience from even talking to your veterinarian, even as a nutritionist or geneticist, are you making their life easier? Are you making it more difficult? You know, and the same with the production staff. So I feel on the farm experience will help you so much in your career, even if it's just learning the lingo. Some of these grad students I think have been pampered a little too much and they, need to know how hard the jobs really are before they ask their employees um, and their staff on these farms to do more with the limited resources they have. 
This episode on farm experience and hearing it from a veterinarian, you need to go back and listen to the entire webinar with these two incredible veterinarians. But I hope it struck a chord. I hope if you're struggling to get a job and or you're struggling to know what to do and you know you lack that experience, even if it's farm experience or it's experience in something else, and you have to even in, you're in your career and you have to take a demotion to get that experience, it's going to pay off in the long run. Remember, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so hopefully you're in it for the long run. We hope that you enjoyed this discussion. You can watch the replay of this webinar along with the rest of our webinar replays on our YouTube channel, Animal Science Office Hours. And now we would like to also thank our sponsors once again, NutriQuest, IFF, and Continental Search. We are gracious that you support us in this journey. Before we go, are you finding it difficult to create your own version of success? Do you even know what success looks like for you? Well, if you don't, I suggest that you reach out to the Sunswine Group by visiting our website and booking your free next steps. We'll discuss your career and how the Sunswine Group can help you navigate that. Because our model is simple. We make pigs and dreams fly. Our mission is to share knowledge, to mentor future leaders, and transform innovation while creating a neural network of expertise to help any person, including you, any animal, or any company succeed. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to check out our socials. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at Coffee and Careers and Animal Science or Instagram at coffee.and.careers. And remember, life is short. Drink your coffee in the barn.